everybody, it's Bevan. Welcome to Bevan FM Over 40 and Her Friends podcast with your host, me, Bevan. I have said my name three times and it's time to start the show. Today I want to talk about grief. Uh, it happens to be Halloween, October 31st. Um, also, uh, Sam Hain, blessed Sam Hain to those of you who celebrate. Um, this is the time of year when the veil is the thinnest between um, life and all of that that is after life. Um, it's also Scorpio season, um, which I think is so appropriate because Scorpio is our sign of um life and death and obsessive thinking and extremes and um, deep feelings. Uh, Scorpio is a water sign. And so it's full of feelings and adaptability, but also like um, a, a sense of righteousness maybe, but because um, it's all about life and death, it's also like a good time to talk about grieving and grief and honoring our loved ones. Um, I don't know if any of you saw that, um, what was that movie, the Disney movie about All Souls Day? Um, I forget the name of the movie entirely, but I can see it very vividly in my mind. Anyway, I thought that movie did a really great job kind of talking about the traditions, um, especially from Mexican culture, about um, how they honor their dead. Um, and I really do truly believe that like you die twice. You die the first time when you depart this realm. And the second time is when people stop talking about you. And when you stop, when your effects stop being present for people. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think death is actually great. Death is how we start again. Um, I have had many rebirths in my life and I'm currently going through one of the biggest so far. It always feels like the biggest, probably the one that I'm going through. But um, I have recently uh, ended my relationship with Los Angeles. I moved away yesterday. Um, I closed up that chapter I was just kind of drowning financially, still am, um, trying to make it work there. And uh, my house that I was renting, um, that I moved into, it made perfect sense when I moved into with my partner who was making $150,000 a year. Um, and uh, it was $3,000 a month for what is functionally a two bedroom. And um, it didn't even have like a full amount of doors. Like I had, when I wanted to try to put it on Airbnb, I had to install a door. Uh, which is still on a credit card and uh, never made that money back. But um, I tried so hard to make it work after my ex moved out, tried to find a roommate, tried to get a job, tried to do all the things. And, and in fact, that didn't just try, but worked really hard to do all of those things and nothing panned out. And so I kind of decided, I, I talked about this in a couple episodes ago, but I decided to just go the path of least resistance and give up. And I don't think it's a bad thing to give up. I think sometimes it's really important to acknowledge when we're not um, succeeding and thriving and it's okay to quit. Like, I think there are certain things you have to decide whether you're going to quit or not and like plant your flag and just move forward. Um, and then there are certain things that uh, you can just let go. And I realized that I was just trying, I was basically like working to live. I was working like, you know, 50, 60 hour weeks driving for Lyft and doing all sorts of other gigs. And, um, eventually I just, I had to release and sigh. And so I spent the last month, um, really just selling as much furniture as I possibly could at like bargain basement prices, um, to try to make the money that I needed in order to move. And the movers that I hired, um, I'm going to talk about this another time, but they really screwed me over. And so basically exactly as much as I made off of selling furniture and selling my car, um, is exactly as much as they charged me to move, um, which was $1,000 more than they quoted. Um, but we're going to work on that. 
Um, I wanted to talk about the grief process, though, because when you're going through big changes, that involves a lot of grief. Change is grief. We live in a really change-phobic society where um, people just love to rest in their comfort zone and actually truly successful people are constantly getting out of their comfort zone. This is why at the beginning of every Fat Kid Dance Party class, I talk about our rule that we cheer for awkward. Because when you're awkward, you're out of your comfort zone, you're doing something new. And that is when we know that we are just getting into that new place. We're defying our comfort zones and creating uh, magic for ourselves. And um, I really was limited earlier in my life about what I believed grief was. Um, I didn't think that um, endings of relationships involved grief. I thought grief was just for dying and dead people. Um, I didn't think that grief was also about change, but now I know how important it is to acknowledge our feelings as we're going through them and how important it is to um, be a caretaker of our emotions. Um, and especially like in a society that really downplays emotions and even punishes people uh, for having emotions, I think um, any of us who are like people who have been punished for being too much or feeling too much or uh, or for crying, because I was certainly yelled at for crying when I was growing up. Um, like it's a really hard person to be if you feel like you can't own the emotions that you have, because having emotions is just part of the human process. And it's totally okay. Um, I had to get good at grieving uh, really fast in my 30s because I my friends started dying. Like there was just too many um, people to mourn, to ignore that grief affected me. And also I remember very clearly uh, when my first fiance left me, um, my friend gave me a grief book um, and I was like, what's this for? And she's like, you're going through grief. And I was like, no, I'm not. And this is a friend who had lost, um, she had already lost a partner. Um, she has since lost two partners. That really sucks. Uh, she calls it the opposite of a miracle. Um, but like lost meaning like they died. Um, and so, but having her, a person who had experienced so much death, acknowledge that my experience at the end of my relationship was a grief process was like a huge light bulb moment for me. And I'm so grateful. Thank you, Kelly. Um, because like, I was like, wow, that's grief. So then I started studying grief and grieving. Um, and here's, here's what. I want to give you all the permission in the world for your grief process to take as long as it needs to. Um, if you're feeling grief now for some for a loss that happened 15 years ago, feel it. Because if it's coming up, it needs to be felt. And the only way that emotions transmute um, is to be felt and acknowledged. And most of the time, um, one of the things that I love most about like uh, spiritual thought leaders is they teach you how to feel your feelings. And Kyle Sees has taught me that if you say, I love that with a yucky emotion, something that doesn't feel great, fear, loss, grief, sadness. I just say I'm feeling sadness and I love that because when you love a feeling, it creates acceptance for it and it allows it to pass through. When you're stuffing your feelings away, when you feel like you're going to be punished for crying, you're going to be punished for feeling your feelings, that's when they stay stagnant and they help, they make you suffer later on. It's like basically if you um, like rebound or um, do things that keep you from feeling your feelings, you're just going to have to feel them eventually and with interest. Like you just suffer more when you put it off. And so I'm a big believer now um, as a person who's been practicing this for about a decade and just feel the feelings when they happen, acknowledge them, do the best you can to like keep your um, your side of the street clean in, in so far as feelings are concerned. This is why therapy is really awesome because therapy is a designated time that you spend every week, 50 minutes, 
talking about your feelings and forcing yourself to look at your feelings. Uh, I've also been going to an acupuncturist. And so that's another designated, like we only talk for like 10 minutes. We do a little intake, but like 10 minutes of checking in with my body, checking in with how my body's been doing, um, how my chronic illnesses are doing. And uh, I have a chronic digestive disorder um, and like inflammation. Uh, And acupuncture has been amazing for it. I think um, it is truly like, helped me so much in the last like eight, nine months. Um, but like having a place where I check in about how my feelings are, cause your feelings directly affect your body, um, and how my body is doing. Like that's, it's so good. It's such a good practice. Um, there's other ways to, you know, check in with your feelings. You can journal. Um, I also, in the grieving process, I love to write letters. I'm never going to send either because that person doesn't exist on this plane anymore, which I believe like once people don't exist here anymore, anything you think, to them or you write to them, they hear and connect with. I truly believe that, especially today of all days, because we've got the thinnest fail. So if you want to connect with your loved ones, sit down and write them a letter. Um, and I often, um, in my altar work, um, altars are like basically any sacred space that you create, um, in your generally your home, but sometimes I travel with an altar, um, altar spaces help you, uh, create sacred space. And I always have a candle for uh, my loved ones who have crossed over. So I often like just think through their names and um, I have dozens of people I've lost. So sometimes I remember people, sometimes I don't, but I don't harp on myself or feel guilty for forgetting so-and-so when I went through it, right? Like you just like connect with whoever you need to connect with and accept it and light that candle. And the more I think we can connect with with people who cross over, I think that really helps to ease the grief process. Um some books that have really helped. I've really studied grief. Like this is a a thing that I needed for me and my emotional process Um, because I didn't know how to grieve. When my stepmom died when I was 19, I had no idea how to deal with it. Um, I couldn't talk about her for years without crying. Like every time I talked about her, I cried. And like, that's just a symptom of unacknowledged grief work. So, um, but now, like now that I'm like more spiritual, I talked about that in a previous podcast episode, um, and I've done more work, like I feel like I can connect and joyfully speak of the people who I've been blessed to have in my life. And, um, but losing her at 19 was like, I didn't know how to deal with it at all. And like, um, even, um, yeah, like I, I just like really feel like we're not taught how to grieve. If you don't have a, a grown up in your life raising you who like teaches you how to process your feelings, you got to figure this all out as an adult. And I also believe that these generational curses of people being taught to stuff their emotions down are things that we can interrupt as humans with our free will choices and all of the resources we get to have these days. I mean, here we are, like I'm recording a podcast at my best friend's dining room table in Sacramento. You know what I mean? Like I get to share this information just like this information was shared with me. Um, And so we get we really have the privilege these days of the information we have access to to change fundamentally the ancestral patterns we've been connected with. Um, Also, Scorpio season is a great time to change ancestral patterns. So at the new moon, I lit a candle to change ancestral patterns around money and lack and really working on being in my abundance and going in my flow and trusting and doing all of that. And, um, And also just in the process of closing up my house and closing up this chapter of my life, uh, I had so much grief. It was, I worked so hard to keep that house. That house was my dream house. I loved it. Um, I like, it was the last house I lived in with my dog who passed away, Macy. Um, And, you know, I just did 
I really focused because I had about 30 days to close up shop and get out of there. And I like scattered Macy's ashes in the back and like just did a lot of finalizing rituals in the house. Um, and also like went through ruthlessly uh, my belongings because I had like all of my childhood um, ephemera, like my mom had, my mom retired and moved to a tiny house. So she like downsized and sent me all of my storage. So I think probably many of you can relate to your parents having some amount of storage for you in their home. And then maybe some of you can relate to your parents retiring, downsizing and sending you all your storage. But I had that. And of course, like I had these boxes of procrastination because I had never bothered to go through them until I was moving. And then I, I took, um, I have this little online store where I, I sell lots of stuff, including um, really high quality vitamins. And there's this um, herbal supplement that's an energizer. And um, it's like a mix of rhodiola, um, which is an herb that the Russians used and got in trouble for doping because it's like a high performance herb, but it really just gives you focus and awakeness. And um, it's, I liked it a lot because it's a, uh, it's like a cleaner form of Adderall. Like I've taken Adderall recreationally. Luckily, that was not available to me when I was in law school or I probably would have abused it. But um, when I was a party promoter in New York and working until 4 a.m., my friend turned me on to Adderall as like a fun way to stay awake. Um, and it makes you pee less than coffee. <laughs> so it, it gives me anxiety. I don't do it anymore. Um, but this was like nice. It was a nice up. Um, I stayed awake, but then it usually only lasts like four to six hours. But the thing I love most about it is that it is also a mood lifter um, and without a serotonin crash the next day. And um, so having my mood elevated and my energy up, so multiple nights in a row, I was up late dumping stuff out of bins and like ruthlessly going through stuff and saying goodbye to things. So I got rid of a lot of things. And when you're in a good mood, it's easy to get rid of stuff because you want to like create the new life. So I... I think I, I success. This is a total estimate, but I think I successfully got rid of 85% of my stuff. Um, old stuffed animals from growing up, like lots and lots of stuff gone. A million cards. Um, I have a new rule as an adult about cards and letters and correspondence is that I'll keep something like on my altar if I really like it or I really connect to it. I have an altar space and then I also had a space in my house that was like for cards. It looked cute. It had like pictures and cards and I would keep things and I would acknowledge them twice. And then they would go in the garbage. Um, so like you have it once, I receive it, I receive the sentiment, and then I receive it once more when I'm going through it and throwing it out, right? So um, that's like a good rule of thumb. And I didn't have that rule of thumb when I was a young person. And like also in the 90s, uh, we didn't have email or, <laughs> or texting, like nothing like that. So we wrote a lot of letters. And so I had every letter I ever got at Girl Scout camp for many summers in tubs. And so I went through it all. And also, like, I burned boxes of old X stuff. Like, um, I really, I did a whole ritual burn. It was a, a really epic amount of stuff that I, I released. Um, and just, like, doing the process of physical releasing is grief work, right? Like, it's just, like, it's an acknowledgement and it's a process it's being with and releasing. Um, and grief work honestly, is a process of examining and release, examining and release. And it takes as long as it takes. Don't ever let anyone tell you like you're not over your breakup yet and shame you about that. And don't let anyone ever shame you about like still having feelings about a, a loss of a loved one. Like people pass away and it hurts our feelings. It's so real. And like 
letting yourself have those feelings is the easy, it's, it's, it's freaking efficient. You know what I mean? As your Capricorn friend, I'm going to tell you, it's more efficient to just acknowledge the feelings and let them go. Um, even when you have strong emotions, it takes 90 seconds for those emotions to pass. So when you're sobbing, if you just let yourself sob, you'll probably release it within about 90 seconds, unless it's like the first time you've sobbed ever. And then it might be like a half an hour to an hour and then you'll get more efficient about it. But I, I find it to be like contractions. I read about that in a Martha Beck book. Um, it's called Finding Your Way in a Wild New World or something like that. Really good book. Um, really good about helping to process your emotions. Um, yeah, so I also like did not realize how much extra grief I was still carrying about um, my recent breakup. And um, I, you know what, I'm glad that I released the house, even though it was sad. I still feel kind of sad about it. I love that house. I just like was finding LA to be unsustainable. Um, we rented that house for $3,000 and our landlords are renting it out again. I mean, with our improvements, cause I put in that door for like 750 bucks. Um, I can't believe they rented to us without a door. They also didn't clean it before we got it anyway. Um, and, uh, they are, and, and we fixed up the hot tub while we were there. So, you know, put in some money to, so we could have a non-broken hot tub, which was great. I loved having a hot tub. Um, and now they're renting out that house for $3,800. They also call it a three bedroom, which it is not a functional three bedroom because two of the only two bathrooms are off of uh, two of the bedrooms. So one of the bedrooms has to share a bathroom with another. Anyway, it, good luck to them. I think they'll get it because the rental market in L.A. is cuckoo. Um, and I'm kind of glad to be moving to nature. I'm going to go live in the forest in a tiny house and sublet for six months and figure out my life and hopefully get a bill paying job and continue to build my businesses and um looking to retire in the next few years. And that's not hyperbole. I'm working really hard to create um, business streams that are independent so that I don't have to be trading my time for money because doing all of that gig work, um, driving for Lyft, Airbnb, Rover, uh, for dog sitting, I was doing so much gig work and it was just unsustainable and certainly not enough to pay for life in LA. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm glad and grateful to have gone through it. I'm glad and grateful to have gone through all of that stuff and also like realizing it, it, I felt like my breakup stuff, like it was like turning over a pile of papers and finding that there was like a leak or water underneath it. And there's all that mildew and it just needs to get aired out. And so I just like found all this other grossness um, underneath work I'd already done about my breakup. And I was just kind of like reflecting about how my ex um, who pulled some shenanigans last week, by the way, just like another little like emotional control thing she tried to do. Um, with me. Uh, I'm so grateful. I have a great therapist um, who really helped me work through it. Um, but like, and really like it helps, it helps to have a therapist, honestly, because if you're in a position with someone emotionally, who's trying to manipulate you or abuse you, having a therapist who's a good therapist and really helps you like look at your shit and see things honestly, helps you to be resistant and resilient to the emotional control someone's trying to have over you. Um, and so after that, I was just like, oh, I get it now why her other long-term ex doesn't talk to her. I get it now. Like her other long-term ex like moved to the U.S. for her um, and like put herself in a ton of like master's degree debt in order to be here with her. And then like just the way my ex would talk about it, like I just never, because I was just like in her, in, in Dara's like version of it, I didn't really ever zoom out and think about what her ex's experience of that was. And I was like, oh my God. This is the same thing. I moved to LA for Dara, could not stay after Dara left me. 
um, and kind of just like uprooted and now I'm gone. And like, I'm like, wow, I get that. I get why she never talks to Dara anymore. And Dara feels a lot of grief around her not talking to her. And, you know, if you listen to episode two of this podcast, you'll hear the whole download about my relationship and like what I've been learning in the aftermath. But like, I am so glad to be out of it. <laughs> and like, really tried to be friends with her. And she rejected uh, she withdrew her friendship. That's what she said to me, which is just like a form of control, right? Like, oh, I'm going to withdraw from you before you can withdraw from me, but I'm never going to talk to her again. So good luck. Um, but I'm glad to have gotten to go through this, even if they are yucky feelings and they're unpleasant. Like I've not had a great nine months. Um, I have had some really amazing friends and some really amazing, beautiful connections um, with people. Um, the Glowing Goddess Getaways have been a huge highlight for me, just getting to go away. Every single time I do a Glowing Goddess Getaway, I learn more about myself. Um, and like, you know, and I got to go to Camp Heal this year. Um, I can't believe this is my job. Like I actually get to work and go to retreats and help people heal. And like, I can't go to a healing event and not heal myself also. So it's just, it's truly my favorite thing to do is to be in nature with people and help them learn how to love themselves more and like do some aerobics and have, have a great time. And, um, cause I always like heal in those environments. And, um, I went to camp heal, which was an eating disorder recovery camp, um, in the Angeles national forest put on by project heal, which is an amazing organization. If you are in recovery for an eating disorder or thinking that you need to be look up project heal. It's an amazing um, organization doing some great grassroots organizing, um, helping to bring recovery to people who don't have the means to do it uh, themselves because uh, eating disorder recovery is very, very expensive. Um, and uh, But also just like a really great org with a great intersectional mission um, because a lot of eating disorder recovery stuff really ignores fat people um, and binge eating disorder. Um, amongst others. Um, so it was just a really beautiful experience to be in the woods with those people. Um, I am so grateful. And I, I went um, the day that I decided to move. So like, I went like with some fresh, like having cried all day long and like with some fresh feelings, like, but I just, I came away. My big takeaway that weekend was um, to recognize that I'm home no matter where I am, because my home is inside. My home is in my heart and I get to be home wherever. So I am so grateful for that. I'm grateful for that work I've gotten to do. And that has really helped these last like nine months is doing Camp Heal, Glowing Goddess Getaways. Um, my big takeaway from the Berkshires Getaway, which was in the middle of September, I, I flew all the way to Massachusetts just to go um, be a goddess guide at the Glowing Goddess Getaway and have no regrets. It was such a great weekend. Um, and my takeaway that weekend was like a profound understanding of uh, the way God works in our lives and like the um, that energy, because I really think that the Glowing Goddess Getaways are truly designed for us to like elevate and raise ourselves and raise our perspectives on the world. And like, you know, it's like packaged as a good, fun, um, all-inclusive cannabis camping retreat with like food and like your needs taken care of for the weekend. So if you just want to unplug, you can. But like there's so much healing available in that space when we're all like vibed up and um, all the workshops and things. I, I always learn something profound about myself. Um, and connect and just get some joy and some mirth and get to wander around in fun outfits. Um, for me, healing is really about like self-expression through clothes. Um, and when I was going through my stuff, I gave myself full permission to keep all the clothes that I wanted to keep. So I didn't, I down, I'm constantly downsizing my wardrobe. I'm constantly getting rid of stuff. 
Um, Cause that's just like when you have a massive wardrobe, like I think that's just good hygiene. Um, so I, I did still downsize a bunch of clothes. I got rid of a lot of stuff, but still, you know, I like my, my mirthful, fun, plus size magic wardrobe. Um, I also give myself permission to keep a fully intact kitchen because when I moved cross country from Brooklyn to LA, I really regretted having gotten rid of so much of my kitchen stuff because it was really hard to put it together um, once we got to our house, like, cause I didn't have a fully functioning kitchen and I really wanted that. So wherever I end up next, um, if I end up renting a space after these six months and don't continue to sublet, I want to be able to move into a place and, you know, open a bunch of boxes, unpack my kitchen. Hopefully my mom will unpack my kitchen for me because she packed my kitchen for me this time. Um, and, you know, just like be able to dive in. Cause as soon as I can cook for myself, that's when I really feel like I'm at home. Um, it's like that first batch of bone broth I make is somehow like a moment of like, okay, I'm heal, I'm here and I'm healing and nurturing myself. Um, and I have to say like MVP award to my mom who drove down from Washington to give me, um, her spouse's car. So basically they decided to buy Pat a new car five years early so that I can have Pat's old car, which is much more, uh, adept to snow and isn't on its last legs like my old car was. And, um, so she drove that car down for me, stayed for a few days, helped me pack, packed my entire kitchen for me and just like made my life easier. And my mom has offered to come and help me multiple times in my life. Uh, she offered to fly to Philadelphia to help me uh, recover from surgery when I had my gallbladder out. And I said no, because I was dumb and 22. I should have said yes. And I regretted it later. I was like, I should have let my mom come. And then there was another time she offered to come down and help me um, like get the house in order after Dara left, uh, she offered to come down and I said no, and then I regretted it. So this time when she offered, I said, absolutely, please do. And I'm so grateful to her for, for coming and just showing up for me. Um, so I am glad and grateful that that part of the move is over. Uh, the move will fully be done next week once the movers arrive uh, with my stuff. And as soon as my stuff is in my storage place, I will be pursuing all the claims I possibly can because of their usurious sales tactics and bait and switch methods. Um, it was, I, I'm not even going to talk about it till it's all resolved because I will teach you how to advocate for yourself. Cause you know what? I have that $120,000 law degree that I'm not using anymore. And that I think also prevents me from getting jobs. And I'm thinking about not putting my law degree on my resume, which is so sad, but I've been rejected from so many jobs. And I think it's because I have a law degree and because they lie to you when when you go to law school and say, oh, you'll always have a job with your law degree. No, you won't. You will be overqualified for jobs you try to get. Um, anyway, so that law degree, though, helps me be a great self-advocate and helps me, um, you know, file claims with the Better Business Bureau and whatnot. So that's on the agenda. But right now I'm working hard to not focus on it and just trust the goddess to get me up to Washington and get me settled in and um, get me, you know, enough money to pay uh, for my life. So I'm grateful, grateful for a lot. I've had so many blessings and really also just um, being in a space of like acknowledging a lot of resentment that came up. I had a lot of resentment that came up around my breakup. That was like the mildew that was underneath it. It was like, oh, I'm still feeling really resentful about Dara just like moving me to LA for her convenience and then discarding me and then me not getting to live there anymore. But when I think about all the blessings that I had in my life from moving to L.A., I would not have started Facky Dance Party Aerobics if I hadn't lived in L.A., and I'm glad that I did. I would not have um, been able to uh, 
have as good of a hospice care for Macy if I hadn't been in a legal cannabis state because having access to cannabis for my dog for the last two years of her life was a game changer. It really elevated her quality of life. And I'm glad that she has it. She had it. Um, the CBD is now like everywhere available. So wherever you are in the US, you can use CBD for your dog. But that wasn't true two years ago. And I'm glad that I got to do it. Um, so there's, you know, lots of reasons. All of the friends that I made in LA who I love so much, like, uh, if you're my friend and you're in LA, I love you so much. I'm so glad I got to live there. So we got to meet. Um, and, you know, I can always visit. And who knows what my life will hold. I may go back to LA at some point. I may never go back to LA. I don't know. I'm just letting it be new and I'm letting it unfold. Um, so in this episode, I also want to talk about uh, this bachelorette weekend I just went on. Um, as a gay lady, I don't go to a lot of bachelorette parties. Um, I'm not sure if that's just because of like my friends or like always an officiant, never a bridesmaid. I know that some of them I didn't go on because I couldn't afford to because I've been living this like broke artist lifestyle where like my ethics of helping people, like basically sharing information and staying alive and helping people heal has always been more important to me than making money. Um, and I'm really working hard to like have a balance now and like work hard to make money and also sustain uh, my ethics around sharing information and staying alive. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> That's a new thing for me. But I got to go to my friend's bachelorette party because I lived in California. I could drive there. And um, Kari slash Spunky uh, one of my oldest friends, um, we met when we were 19 uh, at Girl Scout camp, and um, she is straight and getting married to a straight man, which is what straight people do. Um, and I, you know, it's like the most important wedding I've had in my whole life, because I've been looking forward to Spunky's wedding since we met. Like, we've been talking about both of us want to get married, and both of us want to have great uh, marriages. And uh, we've also really been supporters of one another and not settling. And I'm so proud of her for not settling. Her fiance is amazing. I really love him and well worth the wait, I have to say. So if any of you out there are frustrated and single and like don't feel like you can meet the right person. So if you are single and uh, you feel frustrated about like, you know, quote unquote, where is he? Where is she? Where are they? Where is whoever, right? I just want to give you the reassurance um, that I've seen play out over time. They're coming. Like, do your work. Do your work on yourself so that you can vibe high enough so that someone awesome who's vibing with you will find you. And I truly believe, I don't even think, I think doing apps and stuff for dating is great if you don't run across new people in your real life. But I also truly believe if you're doing your heart's work, if you're out there volunteering in the community, um, joining a choir, doing things that really involve you with other people that's like stuff that lifts you up into your joy, you're going to find whoever you're supposed to find. I truly believe it. I've been really working on my scarcity feelings around romance since I'm moving to someplace so very rural, like literally living in the forest amongst mostly people who are retired. But I'm just trusting it. I'm on the internet. People know how to connect with me. Like, whatever. I do a lot of things where I go interact with people. I'm lucky enough to go get to go work at retreats a lot. Like, whoever is out there for me is going to find me. Um, and I'm just in my trust and in my flow and continuing to grow and vibe up. So all that to say, Spunky never settled. Now she's got someone great. She's getting married and getting to go to her bachelorette party, which luckily she was so, so generous to say, don't pay for it. Just show up. I really want you there. Um, no. And six months ago, she invited me and said that. And I was like thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, surely in six months, I'm going to be on my feet. I'll be able to pay for it. And in fact, now, six months later, I'm in total financial ruin. Like... <laughs> 
I have been supporting this house for way too long for just me and um, really holding out hope for a miracle. And there has been no financial miracle, but um, there, I'm, I'm still not like completely underwater and I am, you know, or I, it depends on what your definition is of underwater, but I'm still like, uh, I was able to pay the hundred dollars in gas to get there and back. But I have to tell you, this bachelorette was cuckoo and not in the normal bachelorette way, like where people were too drunk. It was, we, we went up to Napa Valley, um, to go tour a bunch of wineries. Um, Kari's friend, Celise planned the whole thing and she just, I just have to show you like what Celise has done. Just a little, a little preview. She did everything on her Cricut machine. Cricut is like this, um, it's like a printer, but it prints things that cut, cuts out shapes. Um, and basically you can put, do clingy things. So you can basically customize anything if you have a Cricut. I think Cricuts are amazing. Um, I would love to have like a Cricut I have access to without having to own one. I'm working really hard to not own everything and just like, have communal resources. But look, she made us all tote bags. Celise worked so hard. She had a really epic itinerary. We rented uh, condos um, in some timeshare thing. It was cute. I was really uh, appreciating all of the work and heart that Celise put into this. So we arrive on Friday night. Um, I got there at like 8 p.m. and um, I saw this like bride, like big fluffy tool head uh, with a veil, like walking by in a bride shirt. And I thought, I just like clocked it as like, oh, a bachelorette party's happening. And then I remembered, I was like, oh, no, no, I'm here for that bachelorette party. That's my friend. And then I could not stop laughing. I was laughing so hard. I was doubled over in the parking lot because it was just such a cliche thing for Spunky to be doing. And she's such a like, um, she's 41 and she is a very responsible grown up person who has been grown up since we were in our early twenties. Like she's like very, like, it's just not her. She's not frivolous like that. She is just not the like woohoo bachelorette sort of babe. So to see her in like such a classic bachelorette look was something I will never forget. And I'm, I'm so glad Celise thought to do those things. Um, I got a good selfie. I'll post it online at some point, but, um, arrived there, you know, we all had like good hangouts. These are people that I'm familiar with, but like haven't met a lot of them. Um, and people who I've been hearing stories about for years and years, because they're all of Kari's very closest friends uh, from college, from work, from, I'm the only one from Girl Scout camp, but like there's old high school friends and middle school friends. And um, honestly, like I was kind of expecting to feel like a fish out of water because like not married, uh, gay-ish, mostly gay, um, like not living this straight lifestyle anyway. And like, it was just not what I expected. I kind of thought it would be more of a straight bachelorette. And it was really just like a girl's trip. And honestly, so heartwarming to get to spend time with people who love the same person you love. We got to swap stories about Kari, like all of our different perspectives of all of the different wackos she dated over the years. Like, um, she did it a newscaster once. <laughs> There's a lot of fun stories that we all got to like kind of witness simultaneously separately from each other. And, um, and Celise had planned all these wineries that we were going to go visit the next day. And so like we get up, we have breakfast. Um, and then all of a sudden, all of our phones go off at the same time because it's 2019 and cell phones are uh, how we do emergency um, announcements. And the town that we were in, because like there was this raging wildfire in Sonoma that wasn't supposed to affect us. The town that we were in was evacuated a whole county away. And California counties are huge. So Napa County and Sonoma County, while they border, you could be really far away, right? Um, so suddenly we had to pack up the condos really fast and get into our cars and drive south of where the evacuation was. 
Um, we still ended up getting on the limo bus at the ultimately and went to two wineries that were still open, um, which was cool. It was cool to see how wine was made. I don't drink. So like, again, another sore thumb uh, moment. There's a lot of pictures of me cheersing with a bottle of water. I stay hydrated. Um, but it was just like one of those like wacky experiences that made this a forever memory. Um, and so we all like evacuated. Um, so Lisa bought all this amazing food for us that, you know, is now it went to a police station cause her husband's uh, a police officer. So she got to cater a police station. Um, but it was a really like spur of the moment thing. Cause then suddenly like we ended up in San Francisco, um, which is like, it's like it goes Sonoma County, Napa County, Marin County, and then there's a Golden Gate Bridge and then San Francisco. So we like skipped a whole county, went to San Francisco, and then ended up staying at Fisherman's Wharf. And that was kind of cool because that was a place I used to go as a kid because I grew up in the Bay Area. So it was like very reminiscent walking around. Uh, we had a nice dinner um, and then we went to a karaoke bar <laughs> and took it over. And because Kari's name is Kari, we called it Karaoke. Um, and because I am a lesbian and I like to, I like to be a party starter. I know a lot of people feel awkward about being the first person at karaoke. I don't. Um, I will just do it. I'll dive in because people need permission to have fun. Most people do. Most people do not dive in for fun. So I jumped on and I sang the only Indigo Girls song I had in the whole catalog, which was Power of Two, which um, Kari loves the Indigo Girls. It's the, her go-to on Alexa. Um, so... Um, I got to do that and that was really fun. And also it turns out almost every one of her friends is like a hardcore performer, um, choir, voice teachers. Um, one of them is like an actress <laughs> and the voice of the Wonder Woman cartoon, like a lot of really solid performers. And um, we had the best time and just like saying our little hearts out. Um, and also, of course, like being around a bunch of like straight folks and, uh, you know, people who are not uh, disinvested from diet culture. I heard a lot of uh, comments about I'm drinking my calories, I'm drinking my dessert tonight. And since everyone was drinking their desserts, I decided since I wasn't drinking anything, I was just drinking water, I was going to wander out. So I left the bar. <laughs> I smoked a joint. <laughs> and then I walked around the corner and I found a 24-hour donut shop. And I bought myself my dessert, which was donuts. Because California, I have to tell you, one of the best things about California as I'm leaving California is maple donuts. Maple donuts exist in Vermont, in um Canada and in California. I mean, there's probably some maple donuts other places, but there's certainly not anywhere else I lived on the East Coast. And I don't know the status of donuts in Washington because I haven't really tried. But um, it was nice to have like a little California celebration and to eat my calories because, you know, everyone else is drinking a ton of wine. Um, so that was my experience. I had so much fun. I was really glad I got to go. Um, I also, by the way, fell asleep at one of the wineries. <laughs> Because we were all like eating our picnic lunch and like my stress response, I don't know if some of you can relate, but like when I experience trauma or stress, I tend to hide it all away. Like um, I don't feel it in the moment. If I'm in the moment in a crisis, I'm handling it. I'm the person you want around in a crisis because I will get it handled. Um, I don't break down. I am definitely like someone who just, I think I learned this from a very traumatic childhood, um, but I always feel my feelings later. And so somehow um, I had the experience of the trauma and the heightened scaredness of the evacuation. And then I passed out. <laughs> like once we were safe and once I was feeling more settled um, and like I could release the feelings, I slept because sometimes your body just needs to sleep it off. It was so funny. Everyone else is drinking. I'm not drinking, but I fell asleep. I had had a full night's sleep the night before too, full eight hours. 
Um, but trust your body. Your body always knows. Your body is often wiser than you are. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful that you tuned in. Thanks so much for uh, tuning into my podcast or if you're watching this on Facebook Live. Hi, everybody. Um, I did a Facebook Live for those of you listening uh, while I was recording this podcast. Um, wherever you are, I want you to know that you are worthy of love exactly as you are. You don't need to change a thing about your body, who you are, or what you're doing to be worthy of love because you are worthy of love. You are so loved and you are so awesome and you are so changing yourself to be the best version of yourself, constantly improving, constantly growing. I like to say 1% better every day. And I can attest, I feel I'm constantly getting 1% better. Um, and I just love you so much. And thanks so much for tuning in. And um, oh, the thing I always need to talk about in my podcast, which is the best way to support me is my Patreon, which is a hybrid of crowdfunding and a membership support site. I have uh, online weekly aerobics classes that you can take with me. Um, I also have uh, just a special podcast that's just about self-love and self-care and knowledge that I have to share, which I'd love to share with people. Um, and those are all little mini episodes. So when you just need like a little dose of like something to help get your mind right or like want a resource, that's what I have. It's called Bevan's Bites, um, little nuggets of wisdom to help you improve your life. And um, in addition to that, you know, there's a tea of the month club, lots of things you can do over on my Patreon. And you can find that at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-K-D-P, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my aerobics class. And by the way, you can also buy my aerobics videos if you want fully professionally produced aerobics videos. Um, imagine Richard Simmons, but Bevan, and I'm just going to say better, just like a different, maybe different. Not the same kinds, of, not the same aerobics, but dance aerobics and high uh, velocity inspiration and cheer. Because um, I just want to be your cheerleader as you continue to improve yourself in your life and care for your body and dance. Um, so anyway, thanks so much for tuning in and thanks for considering your support. And also just I hope wherever you are that you know that everything is working out for the best and that you're constantly unfolding and that every grief is a new chapter and if you're watching this today, Halloween, um, or even whenever you're watching this, just sit down and give yourself some space to just like name the people you love, whether it be out loud, whether it be writing, whether it be lighting a candle and thinking of them, but just like be a present with and for the people you love who have passed because they are with and for you all the time, but especially today. Love you so much. Bye, everybody.